Hey, Dawson. Welcome to episode 93. What, what's up tonight? Uh, it's been a long time, no podcast. <laughs> uh, so apologies to anyone tuning in uh, for the podcast. We were, been, we were pretty frozen there for a while. Oh, exactly. Um, yeah, the podcast conversations about animation where we melt things down to their essence on the show and you know generally film and media uh oftentimes animated or things that contain a healthy dose of animation throughout um so yeah um just to get things um you know in acquainted for anyone who might be listening to this podcast um so they're not totally aimless but yeah Dawson, this will be a nice fun little casual uh just a little fireside call exactly a little little spring catch up um and i uh, you know i would hope that we're we've both maybe been taking a little bit of a much needed respite from overindulgence and media consumption perhaps (laughs) yeah it's it's so overwhelming yeah (laughs) That's a good word for it. Overwhelming. Nailed it. What was the last movie you saw in theaters? Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. I saw that. Um, I just saw The Batman, actually. You did? Uh, and was, I have not yeah, seen yeah. it yet. That was good. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm excited to see it. and yeah, I'll keep going. As long as I keep making movies called Spider-Man and Batman, I'll sigh and I'll go to them. And I, and they know that the <laughs> Hollywood knows that, um, so we'll we'll never see the end of it, and maybe that's okay. If anyone's yeah, if anyone's kind of stuck with the podcast, hopefully um, I'll get some improved um, recording equipment set up here uh, fairly soon, or or at least improve the setup. Uh, but for right sound now, sound good in my headphones. Um, I mean, I'm just recording this directly off of zoom. It's always sound like she crap. Um, try to keep things sort of <laughs> not anomaly PG. Uh, no, I can always bleep it in the edit, but like, uh, it, uh, yeah, I, um, well, this will be a, a fun, quick, casual conversation, primarily focusing on some some star wars because <laughs> when in in doubt um it, we uh, will always resurface with a, a lot to say on or or shall we say just a i um an update on the wars here on the thoughtcast um, as we are wont to do um attempting to just go through and and list all the uh, because th- despite perhaps my taking a bit of a uh, step back from over, you know, <laughs> indulging over uh, be- being being overly um, assertive about keeping up with all things media, I-, I generally still do keep up with a lot of it. And there are so many um, pop culture and film oh. podcasts and, and YouTube series that I still follow fairly religiously. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to list them here because like, what am I doing? <sighs> telling you to go listen to, to that stuff rather than <laughs> than this drivel on <laughs> the podcast. Uh, well, it, I mean, it is kind of interesting how we we live in an age, and I'm sure a lot of people have talked about uh, this, but in, in entertainment and media consumption isn't just movies and TV shows and video games anymore. It's yeah. we consume maybe more media about media than the actual media. Yeah, um, I mean, I tend to. So that's, that's been a, a weird thing to think about. But yeah, I tend to almost enjoy that more in certain cases. Well, I don't know. It, it's uh, I I don't necessarily rewatch and revisit things very often, but I'll just watch other people's analyses of the things, and that's how I kind of keep current. Yeah, I use. I mean, we used to throw throw the same movie on multiple times a, a year, yeah. maybe or uh, once every few years, and you know, oh, I love this movie. I love watching it again. And now I'm I don't know. There's I, it's not that I, there aren't certain movies that I still don't, but man, well, that's, I mean, my lip. Yeah. The list of things I need to see, it just only gets longer. Yeah. Um, and my interest in, you know, sitting down, sitting still for two and a half hours, you know, I, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like I have the time for that. But no, well, anyway. Re- rewatching things is not as much of a 
adult activity either. You know, it's, that's, that's certainly something kids do a lot of, um, but, but adults, yeah. you know, you know if, if you have a favorite movie or show, you know, it's, you're, you're generally going to have those things that you just return to out of comfort. Um, I guess the latest example of something like that for me was rewatching Blade Runner recently. I just finished the book, um, Do Androids mm-hmm. Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. So I had to, you know, rewatch the movie and I, it was so much better. I I'd seen it like once and I had trouble following it. It was a long mm-hmm. time ago. Uh, I don't even know if I had subtitles on. You kind of need them. <laughs> I, I'm totally... Uh, unashamed of using subtitles nowadays pretty much always if i'm watching something at home wow that's a change oh that's yeah. a big character development no for it's you. <laughs> i think i think almost most people especially like cinephiles will will use the subtitles just because if you're having if you're trying to consume a lot of information it's just you gain you, you yeah. certainly miss a lot less and plus if you're having to deal with like ambient noise throughout the yeah, I don't know. I I'm totally fine with having subtitles on. Yeah, I I threw them on for uh, Master and Commander. I watched mm-hmm. that for the first time a couple weeks ago, and then watched it again a couple weeks later. Uh, one of my new top favorite movies okay. of all time. Um, and there's lots of ambient dialogue and things you'd never hear, and yeah. lots of sound going off and. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah. So the only the only what what have I actually sat down to watch? What have I gone to theaters for? I've gone to theaters for No Way Home. I can't remember the last the film I saw in theaters before that. Maybe even all the way back to like The Green Knight. Um, oh, I loved the Green last Knight. summer. Um, yeah, and uh, and then what TV shows have I watched all the way through? Um, Boba Fett, and there I think go. that's it. All right. Seven, <laughs> seven episodes, seven, uh, most, I think they're all like sub 40 minutes. So, uh, kept things tight. Um, I, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to talk a little bit of the FET. You see my hat, but, uh, repping the FET. I see a FET. Uh, <laughs> you've got the green, the green have bounty that. hunter himself. Three and, and three you got your little inch. toy. Well, so, I've, got a Boba, I've got a Boba Fett action figure right on my bookshelf. He's standing by Return of the Jedi Luke. Nice. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have the cape, but it still has the blaster. So it's impossible. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, hold on to that cape. Better, <laughs> Anyone yeah, who ever played with days. a Boba Fett knows. The thrusters on the jetpack are missing. Uh, just means it's been loved. Um yeah, we uh, uh, you know, we we talked about the Mandalorian on on the show and some other you know star installments of the Galaxy Far Far Away, uh, Episode Nine and um, Resistance. And, um, yeah, now uh, I don't know, just use this uh, Book of Boa Fett as an entry point to a more general, broad conversation. You know, I I came up with this little tagline the podcast you're melting stuff down to their essence perhaps occasionally boiling over um into uh you know into vapor but and probably <laughs> never getting there boiling into vapor yeah. and then yeah. and never actually accessing the essence because i don't i don't frankly know how you do that but i don't yeah i don't want this to be the vapor cast <laughs> the vapor the vape cast that's a different show. <laughs> now that yeah now you're talking <laughs> welcome to the vape cast you might be onto something there um yeah I, and of course yeah i love disney animation frozen i have seen exactly one half of encanto <laughs> but i'll get around to it eventually <laughs> nice wow how did you and how did you manage to start and not finish uh, were you there show? well i don't think you were there because you were kind of late when, no oh it was over christmas over eh? christmas we started you know a big group of us watching Encanto, and we got halfway through and it was and late and we one just, by uh, one they started nodding off we were just no like, doubt yeah. um and then it, we never got a chance to yeah we and were, I was we were watching yeah. we the, the the Harry Potter series with my wife's parents for they have never seen it. So over the last several months, we've been it has taken us probably. Well, what's what's seven times two, uh, 14 um, 
evenings worth to get i we had i don't think we watched one all the way through we'd start at like 7 30 but they just okay. i don't know so anyway i get it i get it i haven't seen on console yet either yeah. um yeah i don't know anyhow um, yeah blade runner is a is kind of pertinent to this discussion i i mean that totally held my interest it perfect film pretty much i i there are a few few things no, no. i've seen within the past year that really come close to that experience uh, I spe- especially the vintage visual effects you really just can't beat the practical you know optics of the yeah is it, is it just an immersion sort of for you like mm-hmm. uh, and because i i haven't i still haven't seen the original blade runner okay um, uh i really like 2049 i'm looking um, forward to revisiting that as well um but yeah it's i mean uh, just so atmospheric and, and it looks gorgeous on this restoration that's on hbo max the final the final cut i think they call it and then yeah the uh a similar example of a movie just sort of blowing me away from that era um having seen it the first time was star trek the motion picture which i watched for the first time you know maybe a year ago um and that that was really fun just seeing all the classic um optical work that went into that film um, and very trippy <laughs> yeah it's, it's hard it's 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 hard for me to appreciate that kind of stuff i i really don't i mean have necessarily the best eye like when i watched uh francis coppola's dracula and i was like oh this is Ooh, really yeah. interesting like this mm-hmm. is this is really odd like i really love it and it's really like weird and strange but that's kind of that was kind of it was like this is weird and strange and then if you listen to someone who knows anything about the type of filmmaking you're talking about they're like this film is a miracle like it Mm. the amount of visual it's all there's i don't think there's Mm. an instance of cgi in it and it's all these wild camera tricks and visual optics uh in illusion so it's just it's so magical but it's and unfortunately a lot of it's lost on me as just being weird but i mean i i, I yeah it. well we i mean one um media and uh, analysis channel i'll i'm willing to call out because we both have a mutual love for them is red letter media and you know they discussed it on a recent uh, episode of one of their shows and um yeah that inspired me to, to check out that the coppola film and and i i really enjoyed it even though the movie is is mm. really bizarre and um, it's understandable why certain people it just didn't resonate uh, with with certain audiences, right? But it is one of those, yeah. And I'm, I it probably, I imagine when I watch Blade Runner, I'll feel a similar way where it's really sort of mm-hmm. an experience that you just sort of you seep yourself in like a tea bag. Mm-hmm. Only, only you are an a flavorless tea bag, and the cup is full of flavored tea. And you sit in that and then you bring that all into yourself and you're like, ooh, this is um, and that's why I love Master and Commander so much. I it's it's just the most immersive historical film ever. I one of the most immersive. I I really haven't felt like I'm I'm there in a movie watching a movie in a long yeah. time. I'm sad I miss Dune because I'm sure Dune is fantastic maybe even blade runner runnery but um you know just something meandery but like where you're like oh that that all looks and just feels like a real world i don't know but perfect analogy yeah the 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 tea cast the the tea bag cast uh (laughs) the tea bags you Uh, what? <laughs> well, and then the Halo series coming out to sort of capitalize on the oh, success man. of the Mandalorian and Boba Fett and things. It was you know, so many years late. I, I used to dream about a Halo movie in 2006. And You're now right. I'm, like, I'm not. In, that series is just nothing just anymore. Paramount but. Plus always on the cutting edge. That's their <laughs> slogan. Um, but OK, yeah, we we. Uh, we got to talk some of the wars. Um, and, yeah. and of course, we did talk about Alita Battle Angel on a, on an episode. Um, that was Robert Rodriguez. Throwback. Yeah, previous. Uh, I loved Alita. Well, okay. Speaking of like the tea analogy, because it's tr- like it, there's like an organic connection you can form to just really great pieces of art and cinema. Um, and yeah. it, I don't know. I, I almost feel like 
there's a certain detachment you get and, and a lot of audiences get from modern works due to just the overly technical nature of things like CGI. Um, it's just, it's very immersion breaking if you, if you notice it and it's very easy to notice versus yeah. th those things that are captured in camera. I, I totally right. get it, you know, um, I, and I, I think there that for me, what I'm, I'm trying to say is like, when I see that old analog technology used to render these effects, that that immersion effect is just so much more immediate for me generally. Um, yeah. Even though I, I do oh, yeah. love a lot of things that have a lot of CGI. And most most audiences, I would say. Yeah, I, it's and I, I I've already mentioned Harry Potter once, but it's uh, I because I got an I got in a weird discussion with kind of my my in laws. Um, like they all just take it kind of for granted that all the Harry Potter films after one and two are better, and I have sort of always I don't know that one and two are better than the other films, but I've always sort of enjoyed watching them in a way that's different from the later. Probably the first the three, John I would Williams. say. It, no, you can't beat John Williams. And it's just so, I don't know, there's something so immersive about it. it. It's very, it's all very real. It feels very real. And then later in the film, they're just, they're shooting colorful guns out of their wands. And it's like, and and then the, the Death Eaters are flying around and it's all stupid. Yeah, but the later anyway, it's the... Yeah, um, Yates is a hack. I I really love Death Hills yeah. Part One though. Part Part One is is I, I don't know. I don't. I, that might be a weird opinion or a wrong, incorrect opinion. Okay. If you, but I uh, I really love Part One. It's I mean, like no, I, I I like I don't know. Um, I thought Yates was maybe I don't I don't know. It's hard to say. They all have their merits. Uh, they do. Know, they I, I, maybe was a, yeah. I, oh yeah, Coron. Uh, he was three. I, I maybe wish just like all the directors got to direct two movies so that Yates didn't direct like as many as he did. He maybe only did a couple. And then you let the, the Goblet of Fire director direct one more. And I would have loved yeah. to see Quaron do one more for sure. Um, yeah, he only anyway. did one, the, the, the Goblet director. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Um, yeah, we're but... talking about CG and like and analog is more immediately immersive to you, but also that uh, I, you it sounded like you were going to say that sometimes CG infused films can can still achieve something because we were talking about Alita. Well, there, yeah, and there's not much of an option nowadays either uh, with blockbusters. They're they're going to have CG, um, but yeah, Alita had a great. Yeah. I I felt a great sense of immersion with Alita compared to a lot of blockbusters nowadays, just because I thought it was just very well constructed film. It was a lot of uh, cool lore and um, just great production design. It, yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. I really was. I wasn't very charitable to the film when I first saw it in theaters, just because I don't know, I was kind of embarrassed um, because I, I don't know. I just assumed I assumed it was going to be really stupid, um, but like I really was intrigued. And so like, I got friends were like, dude, you want to go see this movie where a girl has like anime eyes? And I was like, I do. I'm sorry, but I do want to go. It'll be dumb, but come on. Like, she you is know? a cutie. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. I mean, it's weird. It's a have, bit weird to say it, yeah. but I like. <laughs> have you seen the um, new Chippendale trailer by chance? No. Rest is it a sequel? To yeah. Magic? It sounds like, like the last thing you'd ever really want to you know watch but but if you do watch it's in the that trailer, alvin and the chipmunks and the smurfs category of movies where i'm just like i will never <laughs> it sounds like that but but the tr it's actually a spiritual successor more more along the lines of like a spiritual successor to who framed roger rabbit um no kidding roger rabbit actually makes an appearance and there's, there's animated characters living amongst okay actual people so it's a whole world. Okay. Yeah, it's it, it's it's gonna be. It you know they want to make it into a big thing. You know, big you know meme worthy viral uh, hit. Okay. Sure um, and there's one joke in in the trailer that actually kind of got me and and is actually pretty good. Um, I won't necessarily spoil it, but it does have to do with like motion capture and rendering sort of realistic oh. animation. Uh, I'm just speaking of Alita Battle Angel. Um, but yeah, I, you go check out the 
Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie trailer, um, just if only for that one joke. And there's a great well, performance involved as well. And I can't forget that Chippendale have for my whole life been my literal wingmen as they have uh, launched the gummy ship on numerous uh, voyages and are always there to let me know when gummy blocks are or new worlds have been unlocked and opened and thank you for many yeah (laughs) uh speaking i completely i can't believe i forgot to mention the show and we went through like what have i actually watched Uh, arcane the animated show arcane and which everyone everyone agrees yeah there's not a single dissenter is some of the best animation ever yeah uh very impressive for a a animated streaming series and and not motion capture at all the yeah. the level of nuance and subtlety and genuine emotion they're able to capture it's astonishing so okay um, um yeah I'll, I'll be sure to check that out because it's uh, you know i mean would, uh, would recommend screen junkies did an honest trailer about it so it's like oh. i i need to uh um <laughs> watch the series so i can get the context uh right. and and then they do a little breakdown uh, commentary too which i i always enjoy uh, on their you know hearing about their process uh, they did that for cool. a book of boba fett as well and uh you know people have been fairly relatively that. unkind to this series compared to the mandalorian um as far as the uh new fangled television live action television offerings from Lucasfilm and uh, Disney, um, something we've always dreamed of for Star Wars, but um, is only now coming into fruition. And it was a very successful first outing. That's sort of a trend that we've seen in the Disney era of Star Wars. Their first couple outings tend to be very successful, but then sort of uh, trail off in terms of fan reception and perhaps quality as well. Um, things things will turn divisive, but Star Wars has not uh, has has always been divisive, especially well, especially since the the prequels. I would say it'll never go away. It'll always be around. <laughs> there were, I mean, there were cracks beginning to form even back, in, you know, in during the release nineteen eighty three or whatever, yeah, whatever and even people, came out. Yep. yeah, there are people who complain about the end of Empire Strikes Back too. You know, it's. There's always naysayers, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, nowadays the the prequels are are much more, I think, held in in uh, high regard than you know, right around the time the acquisition was announced of Lucasfilm by Disney. Um, but yeah, now we're well into Disney generating Star Wars. Um, it used the term content. Content. A... I, I think content <laughs> is quite a fitting word for what Disney's putting out there. But I wouldn't want them to be making like less necessarily or their output being less frequent than it is. When it comes when it comes to Star Wars, I would I would without hesitation say I prefer quality over quantity. Well, but but you can maybe do a movie a year or a movie one year, a series the next. I'm not saying they can't. I mean, they haven't they haven't done it well. Yeah, Um, it can be done. Um, You know, yeah. And and it's been more like successful. I'm not worried because it's like I can step back from this if I have to. Um, but also I'm kind of like a ride or die easy lay when it comes to Star Wars. (laughs) Well, there'll there'll probably be something for everyone. It's yeah. one of the, and I mean that's the expanded universe, like before and even after the prequels, was very vast, and you could really sort of just like you, you had the movies, and then you could dive in and experience all these other stories and adventures if you wanted to, but it wasn't required. Now it's a bit like that. Only the difference is this is all this is cinema or or television. So it's it's really it's like canon or or maybe it's not. Who knows? Who knows what the future uh, uh, holds for Star Wars entertainment media? But yeah, are you going to talk about Boba Fett? Philip, Philip, what did you think? Of the book of Boba Fett. Um, just reminded, I, I don't think I introduced myself either. Yeah, my name, I, <laughs> yeah, Philip, uh, Philip Elke, host of the podcast. Uh, sorry, it's been a while since we've done this. 
Um, no, I, I, uh, I mean, I watched it with enthusiasm. There, I certainly could tell. You know, there were things about the show that were not going to make everyone happy, <laughs> and uh, it wasn't necessarily firing on all of my adrenaline cylinders the entire <laughs> time. Um, yeah, I thought the first episode was like, huh, that's it's kind of a little little bit of a slow start. But then the second episode, like uh, the second chapter, uh, you know, seemed to really start to kick things into the usual high gear that you would expect from uh, a very action oriented show like the Mandalorian, um, which also had a lot of like great deep mythological you know, character elements as well. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, Mandalorian was also kind of a very trope filled show. So it's like, I don't know, people love it for the Star Wars aesthetic and um, just that, that ability to live in the universe, as I certainly do. Um, but then I, people are, are very quick to criticize Star Wars if it's not perfect because you know, there's an understandable high standard um of, of quality applied to this thing that has always just had this uncompromising fidelity to um to to like presenting a realistic depiction of this totally immersive sci-fi universe uh and, and people get really upset if there's anything that sort of breaks their uh you know it's a term we've used a lot this show but their their immersion their connection to the, this, uh, you know, stepping into the galaxy far, far away. Um, it's, it's easier for me, I think, to just slip in and out um, and then not be quite as critical. It's as long as, you know, there aren't any real um, world-breaking diversions from, like, <laughs> reality and physics. Um, well, and uh, Mandalorian <laughs> and Boba Fett kind of have that in spades, so... Uh, I, you know, there, there are lots of mental workarounds that I employ, you know, kind of my, <laughs> my inner, uh, Kip, what's the name? Kip Thorne, the, yeah. the astrophysicist who did cons consultation on interstellar. Um, uh, you know, I, I can, there's a lot of things that, that can trigger me, but then there's a lot of things, you know, what is your, what is your inner Kip Thorne tell you for how, um, Din Djarin survived, uh, his, uh, duel with the Rancor? um because he should be dead <laughs> from, oh, from oh, the, the punishment that the, the mandalorian um, that dinjarin took from the, the biting down on the absolutely armor. the helmet the the punching through a roof the throwing getting thrown at mach 5 yeeted into a into a wall no amount of armor you have on is going to protect you from yeah, what that'll do it's, to your body it's... and he stood right up it was absolutely disgusting <laughs> there it's a brittle architecture um the the Beskar oh steel is very sturdy. I don't. I don't know the physics wow. of Beskar steel. Uh, those, no, those plate, Phil, what, those your, plates. What your body, are, your limbs are all free moving. Um, there, your bones are all still connected to each other, and the joints aren't protected by the armor. It's not. It's that's not how armor works. If you get, but he wasn't. Uh, the teeth didn't bite down on his own fifty miles an hour. I'm not talking about the teeth part. I'm talking about getting pummeled through a roof by oh. a 500 pound uh, by a 500 ton monster and being thrown a uh, hundred miles per hour. I mean, just the amount okay. of, of physical of physics punishment that he took from, I mean, he, yeah, there's just brittle there's just walls no and he's done a lot of cross training. So, okay. You know, he yeah, can take absolutely. A lot of abuse. No, I'm you're right. <laughs> and, and there's a certain amount of, uh, you know, plot heroic force plot armor. And see, I'm all but, about I'm all about that to a point. And then I, I guess we just we we definitely have different thresholds of like when it's immersion breaking or when yeah. when your suspension of disbelief gets I mean, completely yeah, cracked. And, and ultimately totally taken out. No, and that that'll never ultimately happen because these are just interpretations of stories that occurred a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And you know, it's it's not like we're actually watching somebody there on site actually like recording this these are these are artistic <laughs> rendering fascinating <laughs> perspective oh my yeah, god yeah these aren't body cams that no you so know, that's and that's every that's every that. movie right yeah that's every, every that's every it's, movie okay so like it's it's every movie is an unreliable narrator and what we're seeing isn't actually what's yeah what's to, to a degree yeah okay um but yeah like, wow 
you know, but you want that fidelity to reality because that's what. No, you don't, because it's all just an. It's all just a. It doesn't matter. Fidelity to reality absolutely does not matter because this is just an embellished I mean, big fish telling of something that actually <laughs> happened, but someone wasn't there with their camera. No, there's there's such thing as a gradient. There's such thing as, you know, a more successful. Uh, completion of the verisimilitude oh i completely agree yeah i completely yeah. agree so you know, there's a difference and the star wars between... shows have failed constantly but mm, in... i mean yeah but sure. that's my that's my opinion you are welcome to have yours i still love you and i don't know there's i'm not <laughs> but you, you have and... kind of an overly defensive posture when it comes to some of these things oh, i oh, just oh. i don't go i don't take that posture really at all when it comes to these kind of discussions i didn't mean it's to come across that. as defensive i was i was just i'm stating my opinion i mean i mean yeah you, you you've kind of you kind of jumped to the assumption that there are opinions that are, are more correct than others which i think is true yeah, i, yeah, I think is true. is true but i my, and i'm fine with hearing all of them um, you should all hear and hear them and yeah um no I, I it's not so much you know whether they should all be heard but how uh, how well they're able to be expressed and uh, if if i can hear a opinion expressed you know in, in an entertaining fashion i totally disagree with and i will enjoy doing so oftentimes mm -hmm. um but you know i can i can i don't know disagree is a tough thing to say because like I can totally understand why, you know, Book of Boa Fett wasn't necessarily very successful, but it's not like I'm going to stop watching. Uh, <laughs> no, same. I mean, because, yeah. well, we, we already jumped into details because I was just yeah. the whole uh, I, I jumped to a detail because of something that you said. But on, on the whole, to just in broad strokes, I, I, too, had a fairly enthusiastic viewing of, of the Book of Boba Fett, especially, yeah. you know, the first episode. Same thing. I was like, OK, this is interesting or. Here we go. And um, no, I, and I like yeah. the details. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I have only seen most episodes once. Um, so I'm just not in the most clear. It, yeah, it's, it's a kind of a cartoonish show. We got Robert, the, Robert Rodriguez you know, behind. I, I think he was basically the showrunner on this series. Um, you know, John Favreau credited as the creator. Once again, um, Dave Filoni was a director on one of the episodes, uh, you know, longtime Star Wars creator, Bryce Dallas Howard on, on one of the episodes. But uh, Robert Rodriguez did three of the episodes. He's the only uh, director to do multiple. Um, so it's, it's kind of his baby. But unfortunately, like the episodes he did were some of the lesser ones, <laughs> perhaps. Um, I, I did enjoy the finale. I just like that it was kind of one long action sequence, but it, it really didn't have the impact and sort of um, emotional purchase that other um, action sequences that, that sort of comprise an entire episode yeah. could otherwise there, there's have. A, there's a way of, of yeah. doing of doing it in a mm -hmm. really cool and really interesting way. Yeah. And Boba Fett just kind of didn't. Yeah. No, um, it's, it's true. I like the and that's, droids. And that's not to say cool. there weren't various elements. <laughs> yeah, that that didn't that didn't work yeah. for me. I mean, the droids, yeah. uh, like just some of the droids that we that came back that we've seen in the past, like Jabba's Jabba's yeah. droid and the pit droids. Yeah. Pit droids are always a pleasure, I find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and those oh the big droids, the scorpion droids. Yeah, scorp scorpionek, I think is what they're they're yeah. like giant um, destroyers. They have shield generators. That was they were very cool. Yeah, uh, their giant droid to cause that was another total immersion breaking thing, though, just how slow moving they were and how stupid everyone was running away from them and how like the the speeder things are moving so fast, you could outrun them so easily and you could just turn <laughs> right or left while you're running down the street to get away and you'd have no problem. But then they would just teleport all over the map. And yeah, was... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The kind of uh, the geography wasn't you know, very consistent. And that's um, why that's where I just say, like, I mean, there's a version there's a version of, of using all these elements that is really cool and using a, a street fight in Tatooine and using giant droids and using rancors. And, and you yeah. know, that's like it's I, I would if you run into these problems, 
where it just nothing it really makes sense anymore i just go back to the drawing board and yeah. you know take a fresh look but maybe they don't have time like maybe they have deadlines and they just need a yeah. they need to take pick a draft of the script and run with it and start develop i mean they're while well, they're developing and they're producing assets and everything while the show's being written i mean i imagine these things are just they're they're really complicated wild assembly lines and that's i don't know there's an element of um I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I should feel bad because I don't actually know what's going on behind the scenes, but the pressure on a studio to produce Star Wars content at a rapid rate that is high quality. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's already, even when you have a lot of time to make something and a lot of money, it's still, I mean, making mm -hmm. filmmaking is such a, a monolithic and I mean, a, a massive yeah, endeavor. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know. I, it's, yeah, it's, if you're going into this expecting the Sopranos, I think that's fair because it's star wars and it's being crafted at like a, a really high level um and you know it's it's a crime story so that's why i'm making that sort of mm. um parallel but yeah like why couldn't it why couldn't it know, have been you know but yeah it's not going to get quite as um comprehensive in this you know discussing that discussing that kind of subject matter especially on a streaming series aimed at kids Although now I think they're implementing um, a new like parental control feature because of the new like Marvel, well, the Netflix Marvel series that are being added to Disney Plus that are, are very mature in, in content. And so, I mean, I would maybe hope to see star, you know, certain new um, offerings for Star Wars, you know, take advantage of parental controls and you'd be able to sort of up the... Um, you know the intensity level yeah i wouldn't be surprised if we saw that like here's the first r-rated star wars you know there's just gonna like there's gonna be something star wars for everyone i, I just think that's yeah. gonna be their whole vision moving forward is that's what they're gonna try to do because because the show was kind of kitty like you know robert rodriguez he did the spy kids movies um <laughs> i don't have an opinion on robert rodriguez i don't know enough about what he's done i know he did spy yeah. kids and that like those have an an iconic charm even though they're probably yeah. trash i don't remember them well, well uh, i mean they're very much his baby and he he like did a lot of things kind of I don't know, homebrew style. The the visual effects aren't even attempting to be realistic in, right. in those movies. They're very uh, cartoony, um, but it's it's sort of intentional and it's, it's supposed to have a, a certain vibe. But I kind of got that vibe from like the um, Scorponek droids and the speed, the, the, the little uh, speeder bike Vespas. I was like, oh, wow, this just went full Power Rangers. <laughs> yes, as that was. There, there are going to be people. The, the cadence of the entire Internet. Well, the Power I was Rangers. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not enjoying this quite as much as a lot of Star Wars, but like I don't hate it. But also like I, I was um, just clocking as I was watching that. There are going to be people who are really going to be upset by this like prequels level vitriol you know last jedi you know yeah what is and, this and i did not have that that strong of a reaction to it i just thought my thought was okay having a, a gang of street youths team yeah. up with boba fett and they have cool speeders i'm super down with that i just i the execution didn't work for me at all and <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, uh, it was I like I like that it looked, <laughs> it, it looked impressive for a TV show. I mean, I I enjoyed it on that level. What what looked impressive? Just just the fact that we're seeing floating uh, <laughs> speeder bikes on, yeah. on a you know, and uh, I I thought I felt like I noticed that they were clearly just driving like invisible tires, maybe it, more than I have. Not the most before. realistic, yeah, visual effects in this series. Um, it, no, and that will, and that's you'd probably agree overall that there there was something very I don't well the production value of the first four episodes of the actual book of Boba Fett was was like kind was well it looked cheap or cheaper and then yeah. mandalorian season three episodes one and two yeah. uh happened and it was like this was produced by an entirely different 
yeah. studio or something. But well, and Tatooine, I mean, there's a lot of harsh lighting. I mean, the the shiny uh, vehicles seemed a little out of place. But I, I like the designs of the the bikes. They they weren't the most practical thing in the world, but I thought they looked cool. No, but, well, and they they just look straight out of like our world, like 1950s jukebox uh, mopeds. And yeah, they they did look out of place in Mos Eisley. I'm not yeah. opposed to like I mean an argument. There shouldn't be any bright colors. It's like mm -hmm. well, no, that there can be color in the Star Wars universe. It's mm -hmm. it's just a, a way of making it look immersive and believable i mean these kids are complaining about their water and they're dressed to the nines and they're driving absolutely elaborate i mean they're probably the most i mean those things the, the, compared to what else you see in tatooine they're driving ferraris i mean <laughs> yeah um, so, it it does reflect a certain culture of like you know people who will invest in the one thing their mods and their vehicles and then they'll you know they'll blow all their their cash you know their discretionary income on on that kind of thing and then just be dead broke in in all other areas and it's kind of like yeah yeah having to project an image you know that's not uncommon amongst sort of the seedier subculture yeah um, that's a that's a good point and it would be cool to kind of go into more of that. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't like, yeah, the, the show just the, didn't have enough time to really, yeah. Delve into a lot of this stuff. Right. Very superficial. The, yeah. Even they, yeah. Superficial, superficial, the economics of Moss Eisley or the dynamics of the bosses. It, Espa, Eisley, you know, all of them. None of it. Anchor has <laughs> who even cares. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't, I I never knew that the pod racing can't like that. That was Beggar's Canyon the whole time. The pod yeah, race yeah, has been Beggar's Canyon. That's I, that been was established. Brand new to me. So, but which and fine, fair enough. Yeah, people um, kind of critical of like, oh, uh, Luke's, you know, this we live in the middle of nowhere, and then you know, I guess you know he's just kind of a stone throw away from this sort of semi metropolis in Mos Espa where people are riding around on fancy hover bikes and. A lot of a lot of nightlife and so forth. I don't know. Mos Espo isn't that huge. It's not like Vegas. I wouldn't know. Just a series of little of little decisions. I would say that kind of like snowball. That maybe if you'd gone well, should we or is should we? Th maybe we should think about that. Well, frankly, I was kind of wondering or hoping that the mods were would be the power converters that Luke wanted to pick <laughs> up at Satoshi Station. Oh, um, and yeah. I mean that was a I I thought. Like if they wanted to tie in Luke, because they they did bring in Luke, and if they wanted to tie him in in a, a really, I mean, I literally thought, you know, I and this would even there's a part of me that thinks this this could potentially be done really well, is you know, the X wing flies back to Tatooine, and of course Luke's not in it, Grogu unsupervised except by R two D two, and I was like, oh, Luke's gonna come out, he's gonna be like, hey, you know, the kid wants to see you. Oh, there's a war going on. Oh my gosh, guys. What are you doing here? And then they all would have gone, Luke, what's up? And they're like, yeah. I haven't seen you since Tashi Station. You know, I that yeah, there I mean, could have been sure. something there, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, because they were established characters in the in the deleted cuts, scenes. In the cut yeah. delete, yeah, footage yeah. from new homes. Anyway, but I yeah, the, the way like that all played out, it was kind of generic. It's like <laughs> just so he's getting bullied by a hooligan and he's just like that's not right <laughs> just, that's not it's like the most kind of basic thing you could do in that scenario i don't know i guess i th i would say like these gangs are getting more unruly uh as a result of you know the the power vacuum left by the death of job the hut perhaps and and so tatooine is sort of devolving a bit into greater crime and that's why you see like the moment with the the moisture farm getting ransacked by the yeah. gang you know when, when boba fett's getting inducted in the the tuscan raider tribe oh well, that was pretty cool the tuscan I'll, I'll ask you, i'll ask you this would yeah. what what did you think of just boba fett choosing this as his or like that this is how where they placed boba fett and this is where they decided to take his story is that he stays on Tatooine yeah. and wants to become become Jabba I think you know and I'm I'm happy to admit it's just like you know we we can talk about subjective and personal preference as Star Wars fans or whatever I'm 
I guess when, you know, with a Boba Fett show, or if, you, if you're going to explore the character of Boba Fett at all, mm-hmm. because obviously Boba Fett is iconic because you, for a lot of different reasons, but I mean, yeah. we, we didn't know anything about him in Empire other than that. He's a terrific bounty hunter. And then, mm-hmm. and then the Mandalorian show got people excited because here's a guy who looks like Boba Fett, who's just going to be bounty hunting. Yeah. And I think people really wanted that, but then they mm-hmm. did that with Mando, but then also not quite because the story was wrapped around the kid. And then now they finally do Boba Fett and it's not bounty hunting at all. It's, yeah. And it's not star traversing. It's, yeah. The, the character feels foreign to a lot of people and they're like, well, what's his motivation? Well, to me, it, it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, he he doesn't want to bounty hunt anymore. It's a dangerous occupation. He's got plenty of money to retire. So he's basically in retirement, but he doesn't want to just sit and do nothing. So he's going to go into management you know upper management <laughs> um i'm gonna assassinate Viv fortuna and take over a seat and then say yeah. i want to be ruled with respect he's got <laughs> and, a, and he's got a renewed sense of purpose and honor uh after his time with the tuscans and he wants uh peace on tatooine and he thinks he can bring peace and restoration to the planet and uh, you know that's very noble of him and we're watching him do it i i just it's simple very noble of him but also a crime lord so the 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 whole wow. story of is this a story about a crime lord or is this a story about a dad um and and because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mandalorian wants, was a story about a bounty hunter who was a dad and you know that's yeah. that's one thing and then the criminal enterprise is his entry point because there's no other choice on a planet like tatooine that's controlled by gangsters uh but if he can take it and turn it and go straight across the entire planet uh, then then he'll hopefully do so. Is that what he, he wanted to do though? Is that yeah, he, it sounded he doesn't... like he just he just wanted to rule his own his own little portion and have people, you know, pay him tribute and, and be a daimyo. I mean it was interesting that yeah. they used the word daimyo to describe his position because if you're familiar with the feudal era of Japan, you are a warlord. That's what a, a daimyo is. Yeah. Um but and... I think eventually he would aspire to not being squarely you know in line with the criminal element and and eventually you know, like legitimize on, yeah like, legitimize. i would know, seek to legitimize tatooine get on good terms the with the republic for example not necessarily join the republic because i don't know it's tatooine's maybe not even you know a, a big enough blip in the radar yeah that's unclear but, still very unclear there were x-wing doing police work on tatooine yeah but then they kind of give up i don't know um but just you know, yeah, so it's it's not like the hellhole that most people think that it is. You know, I, I think that's sort of the ultimate agenda. Um, and and I, I like the idea of Boa Fett as a heroic character, and I think they did enough groundwork establishing you know why he's less of a, a gray or or villain you know antagonist character, and now more more of a, a hero. And he is certainly in the Mandalorian, he was depicted very heroically as well. Um, and, and, you know, we can have it alluded to that he was like a ruthless killer and a bounty hunter prior to these events. And I, th- I think that's kind of cool. Fits with his, you know, pre-established persona within canon. Um, but yeah, yeah that, you know, that's a good that's a good example of, a, of, a, of, an, of an opinion and a perspective. Yeah. That, From now like, on, I want to see glimpses of that come through, certainly. But um, uh, yeah, uh, I right. I that's. It, like, yeah, I never thought it was incorrect to like take the direction of Boba Fett as this is a character who is through a variety of reasons and and through a variety of reasons is now on a different or is on this particular journey of not wanting to be a ruthless killing bounty hunter, etc. He want like there there's reasons to make it all work and then to varying degrees of, of success. I think, you know, the show achieved. Um, uh not necessarily a lot. I mean, the fact that he just was wandering around aimlessly, had no idea what he was doing and was constantly letting other people tell him what to do was just, he wasn't very exciting um, in that regard. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I do like uh, Tamir Morrison's it, on the, yeah. I mean the, his, yeah. the act, the acting of the character of the Boba Fett was it lackluster. I, I think, but he does have an innate charisma in his yeah. voice. 
Um, I think, you know, I wish he would have kept his helmet on more. I get why he doesn't. I get why an actor wouldn't want to be in a helmet all the time. But I mean, there were yeah. there were so many places where just put the helmet on, man, you look so much. <laughs> you'll be Boba Fett if you do <laughs> like, you know, um, uh, well, I, I something I wanted to ask you right right after I finished the final episode was what did you think of that Dynasty Warriors Empire's ending where Boba's walking down the street of oh, his okay. of his new kingdom yeah. and the camera yeah. is and the children and the people are like along the side of the street and they run up and they bow to him and did you yeah. not get those vibes I, I want the moment it started happening I was like this is Sao P and Zenji walking down the streets uh as the citizens all bow to him now that he's the new okay. emperor you know yeah this is a very you know obscure reference but basically these these hand animations a child runs up and brings him a peach you know yeah it's <laughs> that yeah you just slot different characters into these scenarios that play out after the completion of a a, a real-time strategy campaign yeah um in, in after you conquer game. a conquer a kingdom yeah <laughs> yeah um and i i don't know yeah it's whatever the 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 show i'm not saying that was i'm not saying i wasn't asking you that because how stupid i was i was like i I don't know i thought it was cool like fine if the story of the book of boba fett is boba fett becomes the warlord and defeats all his adversaries and then he walks down the street of his new kingdom as children run up to him and offer him food and thanks you know that's kind of badass and by the way one of my favorite things and I, I mean, it it was it was a little silly, I think, but mm-hmm. you know, because it reminded me of Dynasty Warriors, I, I liked it a little bit. One of my favorite things in all of Star Wars came out of this show, which which is Boba Fett riding a Rancor. Yeah, that's that was, just <laughs> just mm-hmm. so great. Yeah, um, should have been more Danny Trejo, but should have been more Danny Trejo. Been, I completely agree. At least we got the Rancor, and um, yeah, Danny I mean, Trejo should have brought on as a hey, work for me you know when when boba gets jumped by those ninjas and in, in the early season like why they he he gets his helmet sort of knocked out of his hands with the gold but nobody makes off with a helmet thankfully like their jaw was around but they don't steal his armor this time apparently and, and like the whole thing of him returning to the sarlacc because he forgot that he emerged from the sarlacc with the armor on and that was something that um tripped my reality meter too is like where he emerged from the sarlacc you know you would think there'd be just you know many feet of compacted sand uh, you know and it would have been to... there would have been a completely easy and understandable way to just show him getting out of the sarlacc just in a different mouth. way yeah just um, so that that's a good example yeah the only way i can reconcile like where he emerged from the sarlacc is if, if there's like tunnels there's in the a, yeah like a tunnel a certain bladder that he was projected out of you know a, out a of digestive anal tract. hole yeah yeah <laughs> exactly and it just sort of happened to be there um yeah and i, I, I don't get like the, the i yeah. like this the, the idea can't have been that he crawled through meters of sand yes exactly that's totally impossible even with his armor equipment or whatever even with uh even though it is a it is a mythic retelling of an event that actually happened and the person there was no one there to actually film it and the movie is just well yeah i mean (laughs) robert rodriguez you know maybe yeah verges on hack (laughs) i don't know it sounds like Verges, right. Well, and again, I don't other than Spy Kids, I don't know much about him. But I mean, this show would seem to indicate that him, this being his baby is explains a lot. Maybe that's a good way of putting I, it. I, maybe I he's fine. I, I sort I'm of same sure thing he's with, fine. I'm sure with J.J. Abrams. Um, I, he's kind of a, a cool dude, bro. You know, um, mm. Robert Rodriguez, like he, I've seen him on John Favreau's chef show. And he's just, oh, he's like a chill. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's a, a lovely, a lovely guy. I, I, I'm I a total pleb though, because when I was first hearing Robert Rodriguez associated with this show, I was like, yeah. no way. The guy who made Sicario is working on this show. Oh, it's going to be the coolest crime lord. That's, that's Denny, show ever. Denny Villeneuve did Sicario, I, I, didn't I'm, he? Yes. I'm, the Dune guy? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. But um, uh, yeah, Rodriguez. Yeah, I, I mean, whatever. I, I, there's the same thing with Abrams, like J.J. Abrams, for example. Like, 
I, I, you know, yeah. it's sort of triggering for me, like the moment in, you know, when, when you see the Starkiller base unleashed for the first time. And I can, I can totally make the physics of that sequence work in my head after just doing a lot of gymnastics, you know, sort of Kip Thorne workarounds where, okay, so you're able to see these tendrils of Starkiller base wipe out a whole bunch of astral bodies from an, a neighboring astral body on which, you know, Ray happens to be standing. Uh, and I guess this planet wasn't targeted by Starkiller base and the various tendrils from the beam because Ray is there and BB-8's there with the plans to, uh, to be able to locate or the map to locate Luke Skywalker. So, and, and it's that, that planet, mass cannot is Takadana, you know, forest planet. It's just, it happens to be in the same system as Hosnian Prime, the um, capital of Republic. And the, and the solution is, the solution is infinitely easy. The solution is infinitely easy. They hear about it happening and they all go, whoa. No, they uh, have did to you see hear it. What, the tavern, the tavern starts going crazy. Everyone in the tavern is like, oh my gosh, oh my God. And, you know, every, and then chaos and then the empire invades. It's like the, the solution is so easy, but they just yeah. chose spectacle. None. Um, it reminded me of, of in which Star Trek movie it is, but the guy was like, I'm going to launch a missile at the sun. And he yeah. shoots a missile and it like flies up and, and it hits Gen the sun. Generations. <laughs> yeah. Malcolm McDowell launches a, a missile at the sun. And like as soon as it great... appears to, yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I, I chalk that up to time distortion and like okay. uh, warp warp time dilation um, oh. where, <laughs> you know, war, uh, yeah, hyperspace war or whatever they call it in Star Trek. Um, you know, it just it doesn't just distort space. It also distorts time. So he's, you know, it seems instantaneous because it's something in the future that. I don't know. It's whatever. <laughs> Space time. Oh, yeah. It, it it's fun to see cool ideas and then just and and then you know turn on a, a, a an objective part of your brain that says okay and, and then like but was there maybe was there maybe like a different way that would have worked a little better to to get the same thing across. Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, and that's why, like, works. yeah, I, when I when I when I criticize something, or when I when I think I have a criticism, or when I think I'm viewing something objectively, I'm not boiling over in my seat, going, "Those the idiots." I'm just like, "Well, this is kind of my response to what was just shown to me," and I wonder yeah. if, yeah, it just a, just sort of takes you out of it yeah. sometimes, and that that just gets annoying. And, and you can do that with the best. You can do that with the best movie, with the best things, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, yeah, J.J. Abrams, I enjoyed his Star Wars films, but they they have issues for me. And then, uh, you know, he, he, in the commentary, he even says, like, yeah, there are probably people who will go, well, that's not how space works. And to them, I say, well, <laughs> you didn't make the movie or whatever. And he's like, I, he's basically just like, I don't care. It looks cool. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> but but yeah, it's, it shouldn't be. I don't think his understanding of space is as primitive as like, in space balls where you can see every other planet from, you know, every other planet. And you know, there's no concept of, you know, the distinction between a solar system and a galaxy. Cause there are people oh. who do that. They don't know the difference between a solar system and a right. galaxy. Right. It's like, Oh my gosh, you flat earther. <laughs> yeah. You, how dare the space balls directors mess, mess up space logic. Um, <laughs> well, and they don't even get into it in that, but it, there's just yeah. like a moment where like, and it probably could totally make sense if you explain it via lore and canon. But like the, you know, what what's the the planet that Vespa is from? Druidia. Vespa, Druidia. You casual. Vespa, whatever on. her name is. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would have gotten that Druidia. Princess Vespa of the planet Druidia. Druidia. Uh, she's a Druish, she's a Druish princess. Spaceball, um, you know, the desert planet. Are they all in the same solar system? It's sort of implied, or uh, yeah, I don't know. Actually, because that's a fun. Do... That's a fun idea to watch to watch spaceballs and then analyze it from the like, where are they trying to be grounded, and and then where is this absurd, silly spoof movie? Yeah, because that's yeah, they do ludicrous speed. I yeah, I don't because you can because well, I mean, like if you're if you were to objectively like crit critique a star wars movie and space balls according to the exact same standard i would i would say there's probably something a little flawed with that um 
in endeavor um i would say they're very different films uh, trying to achieve very different things but it, but it's still fun to say like oh in the world of Spaceballs is you know what what degree of uh realism if any are they are they trying to achieve and yeah um, uh, very very little obviously all, yeah and, <laughs> and it's like the like the and that's what's so great about uh, spoof movies or like the zucker brothers films like uh, top secret and airplane you know mm-hmm. just telling it telling uh they all take it so seriously the story you know all the characters are really living in a, in a real world and everything happening around them is completely absurd it's a yeah. glorious thing which uh if i, yeah, I hate we'll to, wrap we, it up we'll um, move towards a, a landing zone uh, but yeah um what are you excited for future obi-wan what's is that's next on the doc yeah, coming out in may right yeah i'll have a lot of fun with obi-wan no matter <laughs> i'll have a lot of fun with obi-wan <laughs> no really no matter what happens i'm sure because it's just it's, it'll be fun to see um even mcgrath back in the role um, that'll be trippy man wow <laughs> gosh i never thought i'd see it there, there could be plenty of sort of cliched silliness um abound uh that didn't make sense uh sentence wise but uh that's all right there's also the andor series which i think could be really interesting you know um yeah ho- hopefully they do they take some of these stories in interesting directions and just and don't just do kind of the the lowest common denominator sort of yeah hero hero's journey insert um stock you know uh, narrative beats um you know just predictable stuff like that um i i don't you know i i'm not the greatest at diagnosing you know what could or prognosticating you know what what could make it more profound than you know things that have come before but um just yeah i i want to see things kind of go in in an unexpected direction but in in an appropriate direction well said mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i don't know it i i won't complain too much because i'm not making these shows and um i know that there's a huge mo on the part of the people who are to be respectful um and and these are all people who are big fans of star wars um so they'll they'll be you know certainly um they'll they'll have their critics but um i i don't think their intentions are um you know by any malicious corrupt or malicious yeah so yeah just take your time uh, in the writer's room that's like that's all i kind of want for Mm -hmm. for the star wars creators Uh, because Mm -hmm. you know if if they really care and they really are you know true fans and um, obviously they are like take your time in the earliest phases um and really you know, uh, I, I've said this story so many times that I'm, I don't even know if it's like, I'm starting to think if it's like a mythological or made up memory, but mm-hmm. I, I do genuinely remember hearing at one point that they offered Michael Ward the opportunity to write the sequels. And mm. he said he would do it if they'd give him three years to write it. Sure. And I, for a variety of reasons, I'm sure there's a level of practicality that, that, you know, didn't align with, but, but the spirit of that. I, I deeply admire the spirit of that in, in, uh, in, a, in an approach to if, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to create something profound to give yourself yeah. the time to do it and to really think and, you know, yeah. take it. And it maybe maybe you don't need three years. Maybe you're the kind of writer who can produce something profound and it doesn't take you three years, but where you take three years worth of care, uh, yeah. you know, and this is Michael Arndt from Toy Story uh, 3. Is it Arndt? I thought it was Ward. Yeah. Have Michael, I been saying Michael Ward? Arndt. Michael Arndt. Yeah. yeah, from Toy Story yeah. 3. I'm pretty sure yeah. they 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 asked him to write the Star Wars sequel, the whole, yeah, he the had whole trilogy. Mm-hmm. And okay. Um, but to fully okay. But anyway. Yeah, it wasn't so. on, on their on the Disney timeline. Yeah, that's uh that's the key. Um, yeah, and if you can feel the force as as you're coming up with these stories, it'll lead you in exciting new directions um that you know that are unexpected because it's you're um you're uncovering sort of the essence of you know humanity and um people's you know the, the complexity of these these sorts of conflicts it is star wars so there's any 
number of really intriguing, you know, uh, path through lines to follow. Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. So, so many avenues to explore. You just kind of have to feel it and um, and let the story go where it takes you. But yeah, Dawson, thank you so much for joining on the podcast. Yeah, it was I'm, fun. Good to uh, be back. I'm Philip, uh, host of the podcast, and uh, you can find podcasts on various podcast streaming services. We're hosted on SoundCloud, but you know, I, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, um, Spotify, and the rest. Um, and then, yeah, you can find me at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. Um, the podcast at podcast as a Twitter and Instagram as well. Now, Dawson, do you do you want to share any social media with anybody? Um, I would point people i guess towards uh, uh hidden falls film on yeah. instagram uh production for our fantasy web series hidden falls is uh is very much underway we're about to wrap up phase two of of production okay. of filming uh then we'll we'll finish the entire production phase of the filming i don't even know well i'm a movie guy and i don't even know if i'm using terms correctly mm-hmm. uh we'll be done print with principal photography sure. uh mid midsummer late summer um and yeah if you feel that you know there's i think there's merch now that or merch coming up that's going to be involved you can follow the project etc so hidden falls film on instagram awesome looking forward to it um well thanks for joining the podcast uh you all may you know may the force be with you may the force uh, be with you and uh, yeah may the force be with you dawson uh this is the way and uh yeah everyone out there please have a a magical day a wonderful week and warm hugs